Music two one. Good morning. It's time for the first episode of View from Military Mind for 2021. Happy New Year, everyone. I'm glad everyone could join me. This is views and opinions about world and national events from the mind of a military veteran that has served and defended this country since 1978. Yeah, I'm an old sucker. Uh, insight that has been molded by the commitment and sacrifices of Americans that are defending and have defended our freedoms for the past 247 years. Unfiltered, unedited, and certainly not PC. We are those people. Stand up and stand firm. We'll go ahead and get started with our show. I do apologize for no introduction music. Uh, working with a new system, I'd like to thank Rich Ashton for introducing me to it. I'm still learning the system. And then I discovered my computer has lost all of its MP3s. Really not good. Uh, I have with me today off on the side over here, Miss Carol, my dear wife, helping me as the engineer and uh, my researcher as we go along. I invite everybody to do their comments um, live on both Facebook and YouTube. And you can put those comments in there and send them to me. I'll respond to them. I invite everybody, of course, down at the bottom of the screen as we're scrolling through, um, gives you the email address that you can write to and send me your comments and ideas. If you'd like to be a guest on my show, by all means, write to me at VFAMM2020 at gmail.com and uh, ask about becoming a guest on here. Uh, I do have some that'll be coming on. Uh, stand by just one minute here. All right, just have to kind of bear with us a little bit, and uh, as we work on things, we're getting used to the new system, a little bit of our own home-built studio. I think I just turned Miss Carol down. She didn't like that. So, um, but anyway, <laughs> just bear with us. We'll get into things as we go along and uh, make the world happen here. <clears throat> but like I said, if you'd like to be a guest on my show, I'd really appreciate it. I've got a few of them lined up to come on board here. I'm hopefully a good friend of mine, uh, Mark Dupuy, who's a, a constitutional expert, uh, come on board and help us answer some questions about the Constitution and how it applies to uh, our, our current situation in our country. And uh, uh, like I said, if you want to be a guest, come on board. I do have a Facebook page at viewofmilitarymind on Facebook. I have a web page, viewfrommilitarymind.com, and also a YouTube page. It goes by the same name. So uh, I really invite you and encourage you to go ahead on these pages and uh, check out and see what we have going on. Um, we are revamping. We are redoing some things on the show. Uh, I took a long hiatus. I had to make some decisions in my mind and uh, figure out what I'm going to do next and uh, see if I was going to continue on. And I am. We're going to continue with the show. Uh, like I said, we're going to get some guests, some additional people to help me out with the show. So we'll go ahead and move on from here. Today's highlights, uh, we will have four different segments uh, in today's show. Uh, the first segment, we're going to talk about the new POTUS and uh, what's the troops' reaction to the uncertainty of the presidential election. And do the troops really care if we rename the bases to satisfy political correctness? Um, and you'd be surprised at what we do find out. Uh, the next segment will have the military's role in the political trans transition, and do we have a role in that transition? 
um, in the third segment, uh, we talk a little bit about the NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Act, and the presidential veto and subsequent actions by Congress, and, and the possible uh, downline or uh, second effects uh, that come from this. And in our last segment and during my closing comments, we'll have uh, news from the v Veterans Administration, the COVID-19 and vaccinations, and from TRICARE for you active duty military personnel. Uh, just the quick notes on what they're saying, if you haven't seen those as of yet, where you can go to uh, to get that information. So as we'll keep moving along here, getting organized. All right. And like I said, in our first segment, we're going to uh, talk about the uh, new POTUS and, you know, what's the troops' reaction to the uncertainty of the presidential election. Uh, for the most part, those that I've talked to, um, and looking at some of the, uh, uh, the polls and things that are out there, which I don't trust a whole lot of polls, uh, they're usually skewed as all get out and talk to minimal, uh, minimal amount of people. Troops really don't care what's going to happen there. Yeah, they just want to get it done, get it over with. They're, they're a cross-section of the nation. They have the same concerns and gripes and complaints as you know every American. That's why we have the military we have. You know, their, their viewpoints reflect what's at the nation at large. Let's get this done. You know, if there's fraud, then let's get it addressed. If there's not, let's move on. You know, like I said, they, they're a cross-section of what's in the country. So whatever your feeling is, you can probably find somebody in, uh, in the military that reflects it. So, and I'd like to uh, welcome Richard Ashton, Ashton from uh, Moving It Right. Hello, Ashton. Good morning. And uh, uh, Bill Tisnauer, Tammy King, good morning to you all. Happy New Year. Um, and as we're talking about, we're talking about the, uh, the troops' reactions to the new presidency. Um, they have the same ideas and thoughts we do. Uh, a lot of them think that, hey, something's wrong with this. Good morning, Paul. Uh, something's wrong with this presidential election. Then again, uh, the military is changing in its dichotomy. It's it used to be your officers were your progressive individuals. They were forward thinking. They were trying to get new things in there. Uh, they were the liberals of the military. Well, nowadays it's flipping. It's now your enlisted are are your uh, your progressives and your liberals. Um, the current generation are your woke. Uh, some of them belong to the cancel culture. So we're starting to see more and more, like I said, a cross-section of the nation is what your military is. We're starting to see more and more of this coming into being in the military. So, but again, for the most part, they want to get it done. They want the job done. They're going to respect the commander-in-chief we currently have in place until it's changed. And they will follow his direction, his order. Our superiors will also do so. Now, another thing that I've been asked about, we've heard about, everybody knows I'm a veteran, everybody knows I'm now retired. Do the troops care if we rename bases to satisfy political correctness? Uh, we ran a quick poll yesterday. Uh, thank you, Ms. Carroll, for doing it for me. Um, just on her side of the house, she had 313 responses total. 
out of those responses, 63 said, yes, let's change it. And for the various reasons we hear going on out there, you know, the racist, um, misogynistic, whatever argument you can find is what they're using to change the names of the bases. We had one of them said, didn't matter. Uh, six, no answer. But overwhelmingly, 243, now this is out of, you know, 313 people, kind of, it's not scientific, it's not perfect, 313 veterans and some active service people. Leave it alone. We don't care. Quit changing history. You know, we're going to eliminate things, so we're trying to change history. Don't do it. Leave them alone. It, why? They've been there for so long just to satisfy you know, somebody's hurt feelings or triggered feelings. No. Majority of the veterans, these are the men and women who have served there, are serving there. Don't want you messing with it. Leave the bases alone. So it's it, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's, um, so moving on, you know, that's, for the most part, that's what we see. The troops just want you to leave it alone. They want to do their job. You know, yes, we are governed by the civilians. But those are our bases, and they were named for a reason. Um, people don't realize that some of those bases is, oh, they were named after Southern officers. Yes, they were. But a majority of those officers had been Union officers before the South seceded. Oh, and by the way, they were either acquitted or pardoned after the Civil War and were still recognized as viable wartime officers. So, yeah. Y'all I say this on my shows before, before the hiatus. I'll say it now. It's a big thing. Educate yourself. Read your history. Don't be a lemming over the hill and follow what somebody else told you. Because it may not be right. Research for yourself and find out what's going on with it. So, and the, these men, like I said, a lot of them went to West Point. Robert E. Lee went to West Point with Ulysses S. Grant. Lee graduated top of his class. Several other Southern officers also went to, to West Point. They were U.S. Union officers. And I know, I know some of you out there are going to say, oh, well, they seceded. They were treasonous to the United States. My first question to you is, did you live then? Were you around when all this happened? Do you understand why they did it? Do you understand the historical timeline of why these things occurred between the North and the South. If you don't go back to your library, go back to your school, read your history, educate yourself, quit being foolish. Anyway, moving on to the next, um, I can get pretty much in, I get a lot into that, but you know how it is. Uh, we don't want to go there, um, but that's the basis of it. You know, the troops, for all, for the most part, and, and we've looked at other research that's going on out there, um, the troops <laughs> just leave the bases alone. The veterans leave the bases alone. For those in the woke and the calendar culture, cancel culture, not your place. It's not yours. Leave it alone. All right. Next thing we're going to take a look at is the NDAA. Uh, the presidential veto on subject and actions by Congress. Um, 
and what the downline effects are going to be to it. And uh, it gets really interesting what's going to happen. Um, the NDA veto, if it goes through, if they cannot override that veto, a lot of things are going to happen. Uh, and a lot of people say, well, we're, uh, things are going to shut down. No, we still have money to operate. Don't worry. But there's going to be certain pays, and specials, especially special pays, are going to stop your flight pays, your combat pays, uh, your jump pay, things like that. Additional pays that troops rely on to live are going to come to a stop. Um, and what's bad is when it when it goes away, it's hard to get all that back because you got to find that money again. Uh, you've got to get this renegotiated. Um, most of your your uh, political leaders that are sitting in uh, in the Congress, in the House, and the Senate are saying this thing needs to go ahead and go. That the you know. Granted, President Trump wants to repeal Section 230 of the, the 96 Communication, Telecommunications Act, which protects social media, but this is no place for it. This is for the defense of our country, for the defense of our allies, for our ongoing operations outside the country. Stop playing with it. Okay, this is where, you know, I do disagree with our president. Quit playing political games with something that supports the military. We need the money. We need to be able to operate. We need need to be able to go ahead with uh, our projects that are going on. So stop playing with the money. Stop playing politics with it. I do not agree that you vetoed it. Okay. But I also do not agree with what the other side of the aisle did with putting things in there that they want to see, the little pet projects. Stop playing with this. Uh, the military has been used as a political pawn for so many years, for so many decades. Um, uh, we need to stop. You know, um, even, you know, the Armed Services Committee Chairman, uh, Iof, uh, uh, Jim Iof out of uh, Oklahoma, said adding provisions about Section 230 to the NDAA is a no-go. You know, it's impossible to add the repeal of a section to, to the Defense Authorization Bill. Um you know, the only other option would mean that for the first time in 60 years, they'll go without an NDAA. And without an NDAA, you know, again, like I said, they won't get their flight pay. They won't get their jump pay. Uh, hazardous duty pay or any special pay requires annual authorization for service members overseas and here. Uh, it also stopped the 3% raise for active duty military personnel. So yeah, I don't think it was fully thought through. You know, they saw a political game. He's coming to the end of his term. Maybe. We don't know. Um, I know there's a lot of them, you know, out there are, you know, talking about the fraud, uh, the supposed fraud in there. And uh, it's going to be a subject that I'm not going to really get into today. Um, that, that's a, a volatile, a volatile, volatile uh, discussion there. But I will about the NDAA. We need this NDAA passed. We've got to get our military, and we've got to quit playing the political games with them. Um, your military people are watching this very, very closely, both your veterans and your active duty personnel and your reserve and your National Guard personnel. This affects everything that goes on across the board in the military. So it needs to go ahead and get passed. Quit playing with it. Quit sticking things in there. Um a lot of you don't realize that when if the NDAA is played with and you don't pass it, if you're a contractor, you very, very possibly 
you're going to get a layoff. You're going to get a furlough. You're not going to be working. Uh, I know I've seen it happen when it was delayed being passed for a month or two weeks or whatever. And the contracts you're anticipating coming out the first of the year, stop. They won't happen. So we're getting into the downline effects. How's this going to affect everybody? Your military doesn't get their special pay. They get reduced pay. They don't get their pay raise. Oh, and the civilians don't get their contracts. And a lot of civilians in these defense contracts are veterans. Yeah, veterans who are retired or on disability. You don't get the raise that goes with it. The meager 1% to 3% that we may get. So the downline effects can be devastating nationwide. We start losing jobs. We start getting people laid off. And oh, that unemployment thing that y'all have been hollering about, been looking real good. Screw this NDAA up and see what happens. It's not going to look so good. And you're going to piss the vets off even more. And you're going to make the, the vet, uh, the active duty guys even matter. So <clears throat> we seem to be having a nut roll going on with all these things in politics uh, that's just really darkening people off. Be careful what you do and what you wish for. So that's enough on that one. Uh, we'll go into another hot topic. And, and I want to remind everybody that, the, you know, this is a view from military minds is the name of the show. Um, we're going to be on you know, like we're supposed to be now. Uh, also, while I take a chance, uh, a lot of you know that I appear as a, a, a co-host and guest host on Moving It Right on Facebook and YouTube with Mr. Richard Ashton out of Florida. Uh, wonderful show. Um, stand for the Constitution and for our inalienable rights. Uh, it is a political opinion show. Um, and it is a conservative political uh, show. I recommend those of you um, every day at 11 o'clock Eastern, 10 o'clock Central, uh, join us on Facebook for Moving It Right with Rich Aston. Rich Aston, and on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'll be there as a, a co-host. So I invite you all to come on along um, and see what we've got going on. And that's where we get into a lot of the heavy political stuff. There is on Moving It Right. This is going to my show will primarily deal with my viewpoint from a military mind, been developed over forty some years, and we'll look at a lot of things that affect the military, the veterans, military personnel. Once you affect those people, you affect the rest of the country also. Only 1% of the nation actually serves in the military. <clears throat> Will it be Coast Guard, Army, Navy, Marine Corps, Air Force? Oh, yeah, that's right. We've got this other thing that they call the Space Force. Uh, don't know much about it. Eh. What can I say? Sorry, Miss Carol. I'm just, <laughs> at least I didn't dig at the Marines this time. Okay, moving on before I get in more trouble. Um, but yeah, we address 1% <laughs> of the nation's military, and what happens to us happens and affects the rest of the country. So the next segment we're going to move into here is the military's role in political transition. Do we have one? Okay, everything that I've been able to find, that I've been able to research, and uh, if Mark Dupuy is listening to me or any anybody else out there, if you know something constitutionally that I don't know about, let me know. But for right now, 
even the acting Secretary of Defense has said, no, we do not have a role in the transition other than briefing those that are supposed to be coming in. <clears throat> All right. We have no role to remove the president. Yes. As the commander-in-chief of the armed forces, he can order us to do things. But guess what? We have regulations in place. We have certain controls in place that are not necessarily spelled out in the Constitution. Is the obeying of an unlawful order. That includes the commander-in-chief. It doesn't specify, oh, you, uh, except for the commander-in-chief or except for the secretary of defense. We can refuse to obey an unlawful order. Okay. That being said, you know, that being said, there are other agencies that would handle this if President Trump refused to go, if they go ahead with <laughs> if they decide to go ahead with uh, if Trump decided to not leave his office, uh, the Secret Service and the FBI would handle things like that. That is a civilian matter. Okay, it's not a military matter. Uh, I don't care what Biden says. I don't care what Trump says. They're not going to bring the military in. You're talking about starting a firestorm that will never end. Um, it will not happen. Now, again, there's nothing in the Constitution that addresses the military use and removal of president because they did not anticipate that ever happening. <clears throat> the presidential office has a hard date. They have things in place to make sure that that happens. And uh, yes, Paul and Richard, the Space Force is for the woke generation. I'll, I'll give you guys that one because I still haven't figured out what those guys are going to do yet. Uh, and Rich and I'll actually, I don't know whether they're awoke. I just think they're, yeah, I think they're asleep at the wheel. But anyway, back on what I was talking about. Um, there's protections in place for the, the president to move on. Now, nowhere in the history of our country have they ever in, uh, called up the military to remove the president. The sitting president, if he's, even if he disputes it or says the election was, you know, not right or rigged or whatever, he's left the office and let the, the incoming take his place, but they've pursued it. Now, if it comes down that neither one of them can take place in the office, they have provisions for that also. Um, we're at, and this is scary, but think about it. If neither one are able to go into the office, the next person that comes in, that means if this election is still contested under the Presidential Successions Act, and this is the 19, 1947 uh, version of the Presidential uh, Secession Act, <clears throat> the Speaker of the House is the first in line for the presidency, followed by the presidential president pro tem of the Senate and then members of the cabinet in order of their department of when their department was established. So if all this comes down to this little uh, shitstorm <clears throat> and neither man can stay in there, that's what's going to happen. We're going to find Nancy Pelosi sitting up there. So we need to get this resolved. Um, <clears throat> you have to excuse me. Uh, getting a little bit of a dry throat here. You know, it's a, it's a scary thought. 
you know, I don't care what political party Nancy Pelosi is. It's scary to see a woman that has done what she's done over time. That it's a possibility that she could be sitting in the White House because we have two adults in a country that can't get their heads out of their fifth point of contact and get this all figured out. We have allowed over the decades to let our country just run. Um, <clears throat> we haven't maintained control. We've just let it run. And understandably, we wanted to trust our politicians. We wanted to trust the people that we elected. But then we got complacent. We got, to, oh, okay, it, it, it really doesn't affect me. We'll just let them take, it, take care of it and figure it out. Well, guess what, ladies and gentlemen, citizens, fellow Americans? They didn't figure it out. They've skirted up, and now we're where we're at. You know, we've got a current president sitting in there. I personally think something totally went wrong. I think President Trump should have had his second term. That's my opinion. That's my belief. <clears throat> um, but we let everything go to hell. You know, we've we had the sixties and the seventies and eighties, all kinds of things going on. So now we need to take back control of it. We need to put a stop to all this crazy socialist and whatever you want to call it, put a stop to it. Uh, for the veterans, we fought against socialism. We fought against communism. <coughs> socialism in the 40s, World War II, my God. Communism in the 50s, in the 60s. We had a cold war over it. We had iron curtains and walls built over communism and socialism and Marxism. And now we're seeing it in our own country. Have we lost our freaking minds? <coughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry. But moving on. Uh, I got away from the topic there. I'm sorry. Um, but right now, President Trump is still our president. And uh, that's the way it's going to, you know, that's the way it is for right now. But we need to. You know, people have asked me uh, yesterday on uh, Rich's show, and you know, people's asked me in private messages and stuff, what can we do? <laughs> There's a lot we can do. Guess what? They work for us. We don't work for them. <clears throat> so let's go out there and hold our politicians. Those guys that we, and women, men and women that we elected, that we trusted, let's go out there and hold their feet to the fire. <clears throat> All those folks who get together going in a rally, you know, the 20 or 30 folks on the street down there, go out and pull them in. Say, hey, okay, we're screaming at some low level here that has no control over what's going on. We're screaming at a TV camera who's going to skew what we're talking about. Go out and go to the person that did this. Go to your senator. Go to your congressman. Go to his office. Okay? Go to his office. And talk to him, protest him, hold his feet to the fire. These are the people we elected and put in there to take care of this. These are the people that we put in there at our state level, our state senators and congressmen. 
<coughs> or excuse me, representatives that are supposed to be controlling these electoral um, operations within the state, and they didn't. They gave it to some functionary that's just out there playing with it. Okay. We have courts that have appointed judges in there from some other party or some, uh, well, not even some other party. We've even got, you know, we've got them both left and right out there saying, no, we're not going to let you present any kind of evidence, you know, evidence in court over any fraud or rigging. Okay. We've got judges legislating and passing laws from the bench. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not a lawyer. I've been in law enforcement, but I'm not a lawyer. But I also took U.S. history, constitutional history, and I thought that was freaking illegal. How can you legislate from the bench? I thought they were supposed to uphold the law and understand the law and interpret the law for us, not change it. <coughs> so we need to hold people accountable. We need to hold those we elect and appoint accountable. So you ask me what we should do, go do that. Hold them accountable. Hold them, hold their feet to the fire. Okay. And yeah, Rich, you're right. Um, president Trump reelected. He, he will remain the 45th president because uh, he did not change. Okay. Um, and Tammy King, you know, Ed Dozel, glad to see you all on there. Uh, yes. Activating the masses to revolt. Uh, strong word, but I, no, you're right. I can't think of a better name to say uh, against tyranny is the responsibility of the Americans. It is. It's not our elected officials' responsibility. They're not going to because guess what? They're protected. That's our responsibility to put a stop to it. All this power rests in our hands, whether states' rights or national rights. That rests in our hands. Okay. It does. Well, I see what you're reading, but I'm not going to endorse uh, any particular uh, organization to join. <clears throat> but I advise people start looking and start researching, you know, your different organizations within your state to try to put an end to some of this stuff. Okay. Um, but anyway, I got way off topic and it's my show. I can do that. <laughs> if you come on my show, if you're a guest on my show, outstanding, uh, we'll do that. Um, we're going to go ahead and get into our, our last piece here which is uh, um, for the, mainly for your veterans and for uh, military personnel that may be listening. I know I have several veterans on here. Uh, Paul Havlicek and a few others are on here listening. Um, the, the Veterans Administration and TRICARE have put out some news on these uh, COVID-19 vaccines. <coughs> Whether you want to take them or not, that's entirely up to you. I don't care. I'm not going to get into the uh, anti-vaxxers and all this stuff. I'm just giving you the information. Okay. It, we know through our military history, our military career, we have taken shots of shit. We have no idea what it is and we're still living. So we'll move on, you know, with what you want to do. That's cool. Um, but, uh, for the VA, uh, the VA has got both the Moderna and the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccines. Uh, and this week they had added an additional 128 sites. So for you veterans out there or for you, uh, what they call remote soldiers, uh, National Guard, things like that, who have to go to VAs to get their uh, treatments and things like that. 
Go to blogs.va.gov and look up COVID. And it'll give you all that new information, uh, the new uh, uh, additional science that they've got. Plus, it'll give you the ones that already started with the uh, uh, <coughs> with the Pfizer vaccine. And go ahead and see when you can get scheduled to get those. If you want to get that vaccine, um, get yourself scheduled in there. Now, for TRICARE, for you active duty members and your National Guard members who have TRICARE, all right, we can get the shot for free in three different ways. Uh, you can either get it at your military hospital or clinic on base, okay, at a TRICARE participating network pharmacy. <coughs> now, that's interesting. <coughs> yes, I know the pharmacies get flu shots. Okay, but we're talking about a new thing. But anyway, and from a TRICARE authorized network provider. Okay, so get a hold of TRICARE, get a hold of your provider, or get a hold of your uh, care provider on base, and get scheduled with them. Uh, okay, if you're over listening for overseas, and I do, I have a couple that uh, look from overseas while I watch the show. Um, you go to your civilian TRICARE authorized provider, uh, uh, or use your uh, authorized provider on base, uh, just like you would here in the states. <coughs> And that's for the COVID-19 shot. That's our little uh, thing for vets and for uh, and for uh, active duty and reserve personnel still on board. So anyway, uh, in the last section, uh, I'm going to take a look at some of the comments that come up on here. Um, uh, Paul Havlicek's pointing out they got their first flu shot from Publix, um, and they give a, gift, a $10 gift card and it gives us $30. So that's great. I mean, you go there and get a prize for getting stuck in the arm. So thank you, Paul, for that. <laughs> we'll, we'll pass that along in our show notes later on. Um, <clears throat> looking at Rich. Rich is really a, an awesome dude. I love being a, a host with him on, the, on uh, Moving It Right. Uh, he has been inundating me with all kinds of comments and statements on here, and we'll get into some of what he's got. Uh, and, and Richard's like me, you know, there's a lot of things we see. Um, we don't have law degrees, but we've been around long enough and he is older than I am. Uh, we've been around long enough. And of course we do recommend you ask an attorney. Um, but he did, he was talking about, uh, the voter fraud that we've got going on. And he's asked, there's ever tried a, a case where their evidence was not allowed. And I've talked to a couple of attorneys, too. Says, no, they've never tried a case where their evidence wasn't allowed unless it's a specific piece. But they always have evidentiary discovery in court where you present your evidence. Um, I've never seen it happen where evidence, concrete evidence was not allowed. Circumstantial sometimes is not allowed. And I know a lot of you out there watch these law shows on TV. You watch Bull and NCIS and all that. Political is true, but not always. Um, but there's a lot of things going on with the voter fraud. And that's where we need as people to stand up and call this stuff out. Uh, and like I said at the top of the show, I'm not going to get heavy into the fraud. There's a lot of things going on there. Uh, it, it'll be a topic for another show and I'll get into it. And then again, I talk, talk with Richard about it, uh, on moving it right. And I like to keep those, those in that area there, <coughs> excuse me. Um, 
as like pointed out in the, in the chats here, that most people love the person they voted for, but despise many politicians from outside their district or state. You know, it's a psychological anomaly. It keeps them voting their, their politicians back into office over and over again, which is terrible. Uh, it, it's a bad way to do things. They're not basing their decisions on logical fact about how that person they just had in office is performing. What did he do bad over? What did he screw, screw up? Excuse me. What did he screw up while? Uh... <laughs> okay, Richard, you learn most of your law by watching The Good Wife. That's really scary to you that you even watched Good Wife. We'll talk about that on the next show. But anyway, <laughs> um, uh, now I've lost track. Thanks. I lost track of what I was talking about. Uh, Miss Carol, do you remember what I was even talking about? He just totally messed me up there. No, she's not going to tell me because that means their voice is on the air. Uh, I talk to her a lot, just but and Richard, he's asked her several times to get on the air and she won't do it. So not happening. Uh, she, I'm lucky she even married me. So I guess I better not push. <laughs> really? <laughs> anyway, um, that's right. We're talking about uh, fraud election fraud and things of that nature. We'll get those, uh, we'll get into that whole subject on uh, moving it right. And uh, like I said, you can find uh, moving it right uh, on Facebook and on YouTube and uh, with Richard Ash. <laughs> uh, believe me, Richard, I did tell her she's sitting right here reading the, the scroll as it comes up. So yeah, I'm, <laughs> I definitely can't fib about anything. Um, going back into our, uh, about the immune system. Uh, Edward Dozel puts on her best to work and maintain a healthy immune system, avoid any experimental vax. For the most part, Edward, I agree with that. Uh, except you have those that no matter how much they do, they don't have a good immune system. So those folks, just by nature of the beast, because of their health and their uh, depleted immune system, need that, uh, need those vaccines. Um, I myself have a fairly good healthy system. Um, I have a fairly good immune system, but I just went through a cardiac event not long ago. So it's been slightly compromised. For those who have compromised immune systems, I recommend going ahead and getting this. Um, but Edward, you're right. If we maintain a good, healthy immune system uh, and work and maintain that, we should be all right. I mean, this is a, this, this is a virus that is... 99.983% survivable. It's old farts like me and Rich and a couple others around here that you know, mostly those that are older than us that need to have that need to have some kind of help and protection. Um, those with compromised immune system. <laughs> yeah, Carol had a good point, Edward, that most all vaccines were experimental at one time. But, uh, you know, they were all experiment. This is the only one that's been done in such a short period of time. Most of them, uh, admittedly take anywhere from seven to 10 years. This one took nine months. So it scares a lot of people. And I understand that. But, uh, uh of course, Richard Ashton, uh, actually promotes using vodka to soak the host. Uh, sounds like a good idea or moonshine. Okay. Wait a minute. Now you're posting as me. <laughs> okay. Anyway, moving on. 
<laughs> my closing thoughts for the day. Yeah, we're going to get off of here uh, just very quick. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the dynamics of the new military. Um, it, as a lot of you know, a lot of you may not know, I just uh, I just had a mandatory retirement on December 15th, age of 60. Um, so I had to go ahead and get out of the United States Army. I've had a good run. I uh, started in uh, 1978 um, on active duty. Uh, I've spent time in Germany. I've traveled all around the world. I've been in 29 foreign countries, all 50 states, and all of our possessions. Uh, some of the countries I've been to no longer exist. They've either got a new nun new name or they've been divided. Uh, there's a lot of countries I've never been to because they were Soviet bloc countries. Okay. so And I would love to go to those, but I probably won't have that opportunity before my life is over. I would like to try. But I have seen... And along with my wife, who, who spent 13 years as a, a Marine in the Corps and uh, then got out and, and along with me in 2008, went into the National Guard. Uh, she did her stint. And she retired. I'm really happy for that. Uh, I've done my stint. I've deployed twice to Afghanistan. I had deployments while on active duty. So I have seen a lot of things. We have seen a lot of things. We've seen a big change in the dynamics and the dichotomy of the military. Like I said earlier in the show, we've seen the switch where our officers were always the liberal, the progressives, the ones looking for the new way forward, and the highly educated. That's not so much more in you. Your millennials and your Gen Xers, uh, all those that come after the baby boomers, <coughs> have done a significant change to the dynamics of the military. They're questioning everything that goes on now. They're wanting to change everything. They're wanting to be more inclusive, which I get that. Um, wanting to be more acceptable of things, almost to the point of going overboard. Okay. A prime example is just here recently, they're talking about a change to AR, Army Regulation 670-1, which deals with uniforms and grooming policies. They're wanting to change things to reflect a more, um, how would we put it, um, inclusive society within the military. Uh, I, and I understand some of it. Um, my black brothers and sisters are in there, and I will, I will make a, a statement right now. I don't use the term African American because you didn't, you personally didn't come from there. You're a black American. I'm a white American. We're all Americans. Um, so please bear with me and forgive me if you don't like it, but that's who I am. Anyway, moving on. Um, the black brothers and sisters we have within there are brown or whatever, they have different ways that their body functions, especially when it comes to their hair. I know this sounds really weird to talk about, but it's, it is actually an issue. <clears throat> now they're going to allow them to braid it, things like that. Made it a little bit longer. Okay, I can prove it. But allowing extensions. Excuse me, that doesn't belong in there. Okay, there's some changes that they want to do to 670-1 and authorizations that don't need to be there. Uh, like I said, they go overboard with the inclusivity. <clears throat> Fingernail polish. 
I could care less what your fingernails look like, except I don't want lime green and I don't want you know glaring pink or neon red stuck on your fingernails when you're in a camouflage uniform in a combat zone. Please don't do that. Uh, that looks stupid. It's ignorant. Okay. Uh, to the, you know, for the guys are wanting to, I mean, what I've got right now, yeah, would not be allowed, but they're going to change some of that. Oh, yeah. And they're going to change some of the terminology that's in there. Faddish is considered to be a racist comment because it doesn't, it says anything that's outside of the ex, uh, accepted European um, uh, um, appearance standards is, is considered faddish. So now that's a racist statement. <coughs> if my English teacher was reading that, she's probably going to flip out because that's not what faddish means. <coughs> Excuse me. This is killing me. But we're having a lot of changes like this. Now, that, that little triad there is just a, a, a beginning of the descriptions of what we're having, the change of the dynamics in the military. Um, you go into the Air Force, and I know we pick at the Air Force all the time about being the chair force or civilians in uniform, but it is. <coughs> Don't get me wrong. And when I was, <coughs> when I was deployed in combat, I thank God for the A-10 drivers and uh, the fast movers and the C-130s and all that, the C-17s, the C-27s, the C-5As, the C-141s. I thank God for those guys. Um, but as far as down at the ground level, those are still on base. Those are. It's like I just walked into Yale University um, running around in flip-flops and shorts and spouting all kinds of liberal progressive things on base. And it's, oh, don't touch them. They're doing good. Um, we can't go perform PT. It's drizzling and it's 45 outside. We'll, we'll go away from that. Meanwhile, your Marines and your Army are out there freezing their balls off in 14 below in the snow for a two-mile company run. Thank you. <laughs> so I had to say that. That's, that's the kind of thing you see. But the Army and the Marine Corps and the Navy, they're all starting to go the same way. We're starting to see, you know, changes to make things nicer and lighter. Um, somebody asked me the other day about changing the way drill sergeants and DIs interact with the recruits. Okay. They can't do something called baby shark. You know, where they all gang around him, somebody that's screwed up and they're going do, 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 however, however that goes. Okay, I didn't discover until I went back to what they call WLC Warrior Leadership Course in Florida here a while back, um, back in 2009 or 10. I was singing old-time cadences. Uh, Paul, you may hear, may remember, you know, C-130 rolling down the strip, airborne daddy going to take a little trip. Okay, it gets really crude, rude, and socially unacceptable in, in some portions. And I was actually dressed down because I used that cadence. And I looked at the instructor and I said, I'm in the United States Army. When did we, when did we become so soft? When did we, we become children and not grow up to be adults within the military? He goes, well, it happened while you were still out. 
good luck with your transition. So, Richard, Happy New Year. We'll see you soon. Uh, I'll give you a call this evening after the show. Um, so we have a big change. And uh, Bill Tilsnauer, yeah, yes, there is the military is changing drastically across the services. Um, when I said earlier in the show that we are a cross-section of the nation, we truly, truly are. <clears throat> We're truly a cross-section. And how they're affecting the military from the inside out reflects that. So when you see all this stuff coming across about us doing soft-sided things in the military and we're not as aggressive, think about where they were raised and where they came from. It's scary. All right, I thank everybody immensely for bearing with me. Um, this is my first time using uh, this new program, uh, Be Live. Uh, again, I thank Richard Ashton for introducing me to it. And uh, it, it's been an interesting test this morning. Thank you for listening to me rant and rave. Um, by all means, please send me an email at vfamm2020 at gmail.com or hit me up on Facebook. Uh, I've got both a group and a page. Uh, visit with me on Tuesdays and Thursdays or anytime with Rich on Moving It Right on his Facebook and on his live show. Let us know what you'd like to see changed on here. Let us know what you would like to see added to the show. This is a show for those, you know, I'm giving you the viewpoints from my military mind. I've been around for a long time. If you're a veteran out there, I invite you to give me your viewpoint. I invite you to come on my show, uh, Richard Ashton. Uh, I'm going to send you that guest link and we'll get that set up and um, have you come on the show. And <laughs> gee, I'll be in control this time. <laughs> anyway, love you, Rich. You're, you're awesome, dude. But please visit uh, visit my Facebook page. Put it up my Facebook page, View from Military Mind. Write me at VFAMM2020 at gmail.com. Leave me the comments. Leave me suggestions. Leave me hate mail, whatever you want to do. Hopefully in the near future, I'll be able to have some call in, and we'll see how that good that happens. So from North Alabama and Huntsville, from this military mind, thank you very much. You have a wonderful Joyous New Year. Happy New Year. God bless our military, our law enforcement, and our first-line personnel. And God bless the United States. From Buford Military Mine, signing out. Have a good day.